to the Social Ideas Podcast, brought to you by the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. This series looks through the lens of those striving for a better world. I'm Pam Mungru. Fishing for Success is a not-for-profit social enterprise which is nestled in Petty Harbour in Newfoundland, Canada. Now, this busy company works hard to sustain the traditional fishing knowledge and culture of the province. It has been so successful, it is now the focus of Dr. John Scouton's research at Memorial University. Dr. Scouton is the Canada Research Chair in Social Enterprise in the Faculty of Business Administration. Earlier this year, John was a guest speaker for our MST in Social Innovation students, and I had the opportunity to interview him. I began by asking what his work involved. Well, mostly, mostly my job is research, um, but I also have a, a significant component of it is outreach or engagement in Newfoundland. Um, Memorial University is the only university in the province. It's funded by the province, and the province is perennially in hard times. And so uh, much of it is rural, and much of that rural, almost all of it, consists of little fishing villages that have been historically removed from anywhere else in the province and uh, and historically dependent on a cod fishery that now almost doesn't exist and so this the province has always been concerned about how to how to renew or even help these communities survive economically and ideally culturally and so um, a big part of what I do is trying to take the tools of social enterprise and helping interpret them in a way that helps people in the province to to hang on to their culture to renew their economies to be more or less self-supporting and uh, social enterprise is a good tool for that because First, it means doing business in a way that advances social goals. And also to social enterprises, especially local ones, reinvest in the community. So as opposed to buying something, the profits for which go to some holding company in Brazil, I buy something from a local producer and the profits stay in the community and they pay an accountant or a bookkeeper in the community and the taxes get paid in the community and the community conserves more of its resources, recirculates them and, uh, and benefits more from them. That's the speech, I guess. <laughs> but, but what led you to this? What was it that inspired you to, to not only help others but to understand how to help others? Well, my training, my doctoral training, was in marketing. And uh, I've always had an uneasy relationship with marketing because it never really, especially corporate marketing, um, because I'm at heart an environmentalist and I always have been. And I think that the way marketing is practiced in most of the world is antithetical to sustainability of resources, of, of ecosystems of even society. Um, and so uh, several years ago, I decided that I, I needed to rethink what marketing is and can be if we put it in the service of 
social and environmental goals rather than purely the service of profit for investors. I'm not a big fan of corporate capitalism, but marketing has a pretty powerful toolkit. And some of my interest in marketing is cultural. It has to do with the way culture is created materially and the meanings attached to the things that we buy. And all of that occurs in markets, and marketing is a big part of it. Um, and so I felt like there are powerful tools here that could be used in the service of something higher than profiteering. And that brought me to social enterprise. You've been in Cambridge. You were a guest lecturer of the MST in Social Innovation. What did you talk to the students about? I talked to them about the history of the emergence of the organic foods industry in the United States and how it began as essentially a small countercultural movement in the 1960s and how it evolved into what is now a multi-billion dollar mainstream market with a lot of corporate investment. How it started and how it grew and what were the key catalysts along the way that helped grow and shape the market into what it is now. Why do you feel that it's important that students who are studying social innovation understand how what began as a social enterprise becomes a multi-billion dollar company? Well, all of the students here, or at least many of them, are thinking about big problems, big, complex, gnarly problems. And there's a lot that a single social enterprise or social business can accomplish. But if you really want to change society in any kind, with any kind of scale, you need something bigger. And so my interest in markets and how markets develop and how markets shape culture is relevant because it potentially allows these students to think about how, how can I be part of something much larger and, uh, you know, and, and change on a much bigger scale. So if I'm, if I'm growing you know, organic tomatoes, on two acres of ground and selling some of them to a local restaurant and, uh, and things like that, I'm doing good things, right? I'm, I'm preserving a little bit of land. I'm advancing a culture that says, you know, let fresh local produce is good and all of that. But if I'm part of a movement that is driving demand for organic produce across the country, now I'm part of something that's going to change the way people live on a bigger scale. Think, and, it, and the way people live influences what they think and what they value. And, uh, and so I, I like to focus on markets because I just think it ha they have uh, so much power to change culture. Are these markets likely to consider changing or working to change culture in a, in a manner that you view as, as positive, you know, so being more sustainable, being more likely to, to create equity within society. That's the hope, right? Part of the reason I say, I would say yes, is that uh, in the last 20 years, the organic foods industry has gone from being a very much multi-local, 
small scale production kind of an in, you know a, an industry, which you could almost not even call an industry because it was so dispersed. It started to attract massive corporate investment. You've got major corporations buying up small companies and bringing them into big families and branding them and uh, and scaling them up. And so, on the positive side of things, and not everybody's happy about it, but on the positive side of things, it's converting acreage from chemically intensive farming to organic farming on a big scale. And once you've gotten the chemicals out of the ground and started for farming organically and making it work, there's no point, there's no reason to go back. So that creates change on a broad scale. The other thing it's doing is making organic foods accessible to a lot more consumers. And when you've got millions and millions of consumers now being able to get affordable organic breakfast cereals or things like that, they start thinking about, well, if I buy this one, I know that there's been no chemicals, you know, no pesticides, no herbicides, and it's going to be better for my children. If I buy that one, I don't know what I'm feeding my kids. And so you, you start seeing consumer decisions and consumer habits changing on a big scale. Well, that's very positive. Now, there are other elements or participants in organic agriculture that still believe that it should all be fresh and local, and I, I really sympathize with that perspective as well. And there's room for both models, I think. But if you want large-scale change, you know, you, you, you involve mainstream markets. So, John, what is your particular interest, and how do you see that helping others to move forward? One thing I've learned from my research is that a lot of real social innovation begins with individuals dealing with doing things that they love to do for reasons that are meaningful to them on a small scale. But because these individuals are coming from a position of shared interests that are shared or overlapping with other people that face similar problems, a lot of their solutions are also similar or complementary. And when they find each other and begin to connect, those individual efforts start to have collective impact. And so what starts as a few, a few small farms becomes a movement. And that movement, if it gains momentum, may become a market or an industry, and that may shape the way many, many people um, live, consume, and, uh, and so very small individual efforts, when they are um, combined in a, in a collective way, can have enormous impact on society, and that's what I want to understand and help leverage if I can. That was Dr. John Scouten from Memorial University, New Finland, Canada. You can find out more about the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation by searching for us on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn.